Let's drink beer. It makes my mind clear. It takes me away from here. Let's drink beer. Let's drink beer. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Art of Beer. We're here with Don Murphy from uh, Murphy's Bar and Grill in downtown Honolulu. And what are we gonna get off? Uh, start drinking. Drink some pills and just start. Is there a Yes. You were just talking that you just had poured Mr. Murphy a pills and the other day, right? Yeah, we were talking about <laughs> what was the last beer I poured you? And it's like, uh, <laughs> it was last night. Sometime <laughs> early. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's nice now that we have pills and on draft now. Yeah, it's it's, nice. I really like the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's very great. nice. And what was it's it took a lot of pain in the butt to get here, but it's it's here. Cheers, yeah. man. Cheers, cheers. Thanks for coming on, Don. Yes. Thank you. Gotcha. <laughs> Still one of my favorites, always. It's just yeah. it's got enough flavor to it, but it's absolutely crushable. Just any time of the day. Yeah. It's just <laughs> different. It's like it's different than most pilsners because it's got a little bit more body and like Kind of a twang to it. Yeah, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's yeah, it's always great. Cheers to Mr. Carl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Don, um, tell us about Murphy's. Like how Murphy's is, is an institution in Honolulu. Uh, I don't care uh, about that. Everybody's favorite beer. Bar. E yes. So I mean, the owner should be institutionalized. <laughs> I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, how how. Do I, Tell everybody like how it came to be. I mean, because it's you're celebrating 35, 35 years. years in November. Yeah, 35 years. So yeah. take us back to when you were getting started. Well, I came over here. The guy who I was working for was an investment banker out of San Francisco, and he bought property over here uh, that I managed for him. A couple of shopping centers and everything. And we'd always come downtown because downtown was more like San Francisco where we were living and everything than Waikiki, so we just enjoyed the downtown area better. That's when Hubba Hubba was going, and there was just a lot of real uh, trendy spots. <laughs> so that was, an, and he called me up one day and said, hey, I just bought, uh, we, one of the places we'd like to go to was a place called Mateo's, which is where I am now. Next door to it was Jameson's Irish Pub, which is Ed Greenhead, who has the same, had the same Jameson's out on the North Shore. Jameson's by the Sea. In right Jameson's now. by the Sea, yeah, and a great restaurateur guy. And so we'd go to those two, and he called me up one day and said, I was working for him up in Northern California, and he said, hey, I just uh, bought that side of the block with those two buildings in it. Let's go open up, take over Jameson's, and call it Donovan's Reef, because we loved John Wayne in the movie. So I said, oh, great, let's do it. So I came over, and I was found out that it was going to cost so much to redo Jameson's, and, and it, although it was just a small place, like 1,500 square feet, uh, that the guys next door that had Mateos uh, were kind of failing. So I said, let's just try to buy these guys out. It's a bigger building and nicer. I like the building more, and we weren't going to have to spend near as much as to fix up uh, Jameson's. So that's what we did. And, and talk about the building itself. I mean, it's like a 100-year-old building. Yeah, right? so I mean, it was built in 1890. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so over, it's over 100, so it's, yeah. It's been on that corner in Chinatown for a long, for a long yeah, time. Yeah. Downtown, I just yeah. said downtown. In those old buildings, you know, they give you great character and, and fun, but boy, I'll tell you, it's 
hard on the pocketbook to keep them going. <laughs> yeah, it, not, none of that, none of the plumbing or anything in there is new. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, we've heard the stories of the, the underneath the bar. Yeah. yeah, we've got a basement down there. I think Dave's always telling me, he's like, you'll never fit down there. It's, <laughs> it's pretty frightening. It's pretty scary down there. I don't know. <laughs> Which is cool, because that's like a part of when people think of Honolulu and Hawaii, like they don't think of that, like, because that, that's something that you'd see in, like, in places in San Francisco, right, where you have these crawl spaces in down. Right, yeah. You have that in, in older part of downtown. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess there's a couple of buildings downtown where they've literally got little tunnels where they used to, you know, when the guys are coming off the ships illegal and everything, yeah. where they pack them in. My, my brother used to deliver for, it was called H&W Foods, I guess it turned into this, and right. he used to be carrying 100-pound bags of flour down rickety old stairs in Chinatown oh, yeah. to the oh. basement. And he's like, he's like me, we grew up here, we hadn't seen a basement until we were like 25 years old, and nobody knew what a basement was, yeah. and there's none in a way. Like, what's a crawl space? <laughs> <laughs> and there's actually something under the bar? You can go just, just a, yeah, just a, an empty space. It's and a lot of rafters and then a lot of steel that I put down there to hold <laughs> the floor. Reinforcements. <laughs> you know where the register is? Yeah. Underneath that. No yeah. way. Yeah. 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 Little hidden yeah. gems, hidden gems. Well, you know what? Go grab yourself a beer. We'll be back with Don and uh, reveal a little bit more hidden gems about uh, Murphy's. Here we go. Bringing you what matters. Viewers can receive the Star Advertiser digital full access subscription for just $9.95 per month. Go to StarAdvertiser.com and click on subscribe. Use the code A-H-I-THING. Welcome back to The Art of Beer, guys. We are here with Don Murphy from Murphy's Bar and Grill in Chinatown, talking about some uh, great stories and history of that place and some great history and story of this beer. Yeah, definitely. So let's open. Uh, this is a new beer from Hanakoa, my friends over at Hanakoa, that they brewed. Oh, it's called The O.B., the original brewer. Um, Little collaboration with uh, Dave Campbell, who is one of the sort of legends of the local brewing scene here in Honolulu. And it's a uh, Cal Common. Dave was Dave's always known for you know staying true to classic styles. So here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Let's talk about. California common, that's not a, a, a term in Hawaii that if you're from Hawaii and you drink beer, you're not super familiar with that. Anchor steam. Yeah. No, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like that style. If you're from yeah. California, you're very, yeah. very familiar with it. But I've just learned what it was when, yeah, when I drank anchor steam. Yeah. I never knew about it until then, so. Yeah, it's a, I mean, most people, anchor steam is kind of like the only beer that, that gives that, right? And yeah. it's, it's not like pale ale where there's like a zillion pale ales. I mean, when people, a lot of, a lot of breweries make cow commons, but they're not as like widely prolific. It's kind of, you gotta go to the brew pub. Um, so everybody compares it back to, yeah. to like one beer. Anchor Steam's really the one that put it out in production. And oh. Everybody knew about when it. When I tasted that, I immediately thought of Anchor Steam. Yeah, That's what yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. And, and, and like I said, it's, it's Dave and it's kind of a classic thing. So. You know, the reason, you know, Dave and I, we were, we're talking about this beer. Um, How did you guys fare through the pandemic? And um, part of it, we noticed, like, for a long time, Murphy's was always known for particular beers, obviously Guinness and, and, and other things. And it seems like you guys have kind of made a pivot over the last couple of years, um, taking a, a lot more um, approach on local beers. Yeah, yeah, we've tried to do is more local beers, uh, and there's some great ones coming out uh, these days now. You know, puts out some really nice beers. Uh, so then we, during the pandemic, we cut our, we usually had 16 beers on 
draft, and we went down to eight, I think, eight or ten. Yeah, eight, yeah. And, I think it's uh, eight. Yeah. Uh, just because, you know, of the waste of it sitting there. So, and then tried to go with more, more local, so it's fresher and better, and try to keep some money going in the local economy. Yeah. And how's and how's that? Is it? Are they seem to be oh, it's resonating? Working. Yeah, yeah. People, yeah. People are really looking for local beers, and we're getting more tourists in now. Now that it's opened up a little bit more, and it's like whenever I travel, and I assume you guys too, when you go somewhere, you want to try the local beer. You know, what's your local beer? So that helps. out. it's good. It's always funny. I always look at your taps when I'm in there, and it's always you know the the, the types you need to have at the pub. You always have Harp and Smithwicks and yeah. Guinness and that. And then, but you always had Sierra Nevada and all these other, and now I've seen that, we were talking that transition, I was like, oh, they got a broken boundary on, or they have, you know, Hanukkah and then things like that. So it's really cool to see that, and yeah. I'm glad it works for you, yeah. and it works for them, works well, Like for I us. said, they're all coming out with some really good beers now, so. It's a little disconcerting, though, because, I mean, Murphy's has been doing the same thing for <laughs> forever. Like, you go there because it's the same. You go there because well, it's like the food is consistent. And the Tim with the Sierra Nevada celebration. <laughs> <laughs> he went there for it, and Jonathan's like, I didn't put it on. Yeah, this year. That was last year. I was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> He's like, always had it. Yeah, yeah. John didn't put it on. Yeah. He went there looking for it, but. How does that compare to, you know, we're talking about 35 years where, even you've seen the changes locally through, you know, good and bad and like where we, there were some local breweries and it went to a point where there were none. I mean, when, when, when you guys opened, was there, there was nothing locally to get, right? Locally, I don't think so. There was. What was the first no. local beer you guys put on tap? Oh, Do gosh. you remember? Yeah, no. <laughs> to put you on the spot. <laughs> so, I mean, Primo was gone by then. Yeah, Primo was Primo gone. was already yeah. done. They were gone. And then yeah, I don't like what. There was, do you uh, you guys did Ali'i Brewing ever put it like? I don't think so. I think Ali'i. I don't know if they were all bottles. Yeah, that I can remember. John would be better at asking. Yeah, that's that. crazy yeah. to think. You know, when I think it's like because John was the one that sort of taught us all about the rotating handle. Yeah. Right. You know, you weren't yeah. going to get enough of that beer to have it on permanently, but right. get one of those really interesting kegs, put it on, let let the people that want that thing to be to have it, and then. Uh, you know, then move on to the next thing. Right. And keep moving. Yeah, and, and you figure that only started happening in the last 15, yeah. 15 years? It's kind of new. It's refreshing to see that when you go somewhere. They get something different every time that you get in. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah. Always looking for new things. Uh, speaking of new things, why don't you guys go grab another beer? Uh, we're going to be back with Don Murphy from Murphy's Bar and Grill in just a couple minutes. For all your money needs, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union is here for you. Visit HiFiCU.com. Windows Hawaii. Trust Windows Hawaii. All right, we're back with Don Murphy, and we're going to talk about Guinness because this man, his bar sells more Guinness than <laughs> anybody else in the island. So, yeah, you literally bought more Guinness than any other human in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> we were the first to bring Guinness to Hawaii. Are you really? really? Guinness and Harp both, yeah. Really? Yeah. So before the... When I, when I got here and opened in 87, there was no Guinness in any no bar. Kidding. No Not, uh, Wow. Not draft. I don't even know if there was any bottle. There might have been bottle. That is, that's cool. Yeah. I never, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, so I, I, I really had to, f not fight, but really discuss. And I think, I think it was Paradise that was bringing in, I can't remember, I think it was Paradise that was bringing in the first. And uh, just, you know, hey, I, I want to bring this in. Oh, no, it's not going to sell. No, let's, you know, and we really, Really worked with them, and they finally gave in and started bringing it in. I had the first first Guinness pint that was ever drank in Hawaii. 
<laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers to that. <laughs> Thank you. So I, we, we go back to you. Like, I, I don't think people know the amount of work that goes into getting certain beers oh, yeah. to the state. Like, like that story like just resonates with me because it's like the like the sometimes I like the amount of teeth and like like you just gotta fight to get like one thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then more it's like taking advantage. Like people like take it for granted everywhere else. Like you're like Guinness. Why everybody has Guinness, right? And yeah, no, it's, especially if somebody carries as many different beers as you. My gosh. Whew. But it's hard for me to think of like something as, a, as classic as this. Someone had to go fight to get it here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's, yeah. And you look at Barrett, he's not sitting back like, wow, that was the best decision we've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that guy? They're like, that guy just bought 80 kegs for the weekend for St. Patty's Day. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you went from the first pint of Guinness to the, the biggest you know, St. Patrick's Day party in the Pacific. Uh, let's, let's touch on that because I know St. Patrick's Day block party has always been a huge thing and Murphy's Bar and Grill take over. Dave, you've worked a, a bunch of them. You've been in there through the madness. Tell us a little bit about that because it's always a great time. Oh, working it? No, working it. <laughs> working it and putting it on. Oh, I do a pretty small part. You guys are, I mean, the, I watched the planning just go for months yeah, to get that to execute. Usually, and, yeah. So how, when do you guys start planning St. Patrick's Day? A couple days after the previous one. So you know, we'll sit down and talk about what we did right, what we didn't didn't do right, we could what we could do better, uh, what we wish we didn't wouldn't have done. You know, it's a twelve month strategy. Yeah, pretty much. And then around December, it really cranks up. Then. And how many? So that's like, and I think people. I don't think ever people ever understand like the amount of attention and time that go into planning these things. A lot, yeah. But fortunately, I've got a real good support staff, John and. Couple other people that you know, I just delegate and say, okay, you tell John take care of all the hiring and that, and that's huge in itself. When you have you know one that I think the most we ever had was 115 bartenders. Yeah, so you guys bring in an army to work. Yeah, at. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. So. 115 bartenders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, someone has worked it. You know, I think the first one I worked was I don't know 2009 or 10 or something like that, and it was it's always fun because it's that one day. Like there's so many people in the industry that just take that day off to come. Yeah. And hang out. Yeah. You know, would do it before when you were when, you were doing when we were doing it. Yeah, yeah. It started out. We just did Merchant Street, and there was a guy, Dave Booth, the Vince International, that that had that was doing it. Then I, that was before I, I had Murphy's, and he was. They were doing a little small one out there on Merchant, and then then when, then we took it over and expanded it to New Uanu and Merchant, and then the Bank uh, Bank of Hawaii turned tore down its building, which was in the parking lot across the street. And that was about 15 years ago, I guess. And then, so we, then we took over the parking lot. So it grew to be what the people from Guinness has told us, it's the largest Guinness St. Patrick's Day in the country that put on by just one place. There's a lot, the other ones like in Denver's got that huge, huge parking lot it's where there's right. so many of them. Different, it's that, but it's also like 12 different bars to get together. And right, you, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's so one, yeah. Just, yeah, one company just, yeah. putting it together. Yeah. And I'm glad you guys do that parking lot. That's my favorite spot because there was the, Oyster booth, and that's where Miriam's got all her pies. Yeah. So, uh, you if you haven't had the pies at Murphy's, that's beer, but pie, yeah. always pie. You can get it all in that one parking lot. Yeah. So, at, at what was what's the most amount of kegs of, of Guinness that have been sold on a single St. Patrick's Day? St. Patrick's Day, roughly. Probably about uh, just just the Guinness. Yeah, just probably the Guinness. 80, 90 of the Guinness, maybe. And, and just yeah. just for. About how many pints in a keg? Uh, 
80 or 90 kegs at 110 each. <laughs> that's a whole lot of Guinness. That's a whole lot of St. Patrick's Day. So we're going to do our part and drink the rest of our Guinness. We're going to come right back. We'll see you in a minute. Ashley is America's number one furniture store. We have everything you need for your home. At Aloha Kia, you know a guy. Visit us at our seven dealerships statewide. Purchase a brand new Kia using Aloha Kia Express. Purchase at alohakia.com. All right, welcome back to the Otter Beer. We're here with Don Murphy from Murphy's Bar and Grill in downtown Honolulu. And what are we going to crack next? I think we should do some uh, Rogue Dead Guy Ale. Yeah, that's a good that's idea. Good idea. So we're cracking some Rogue Dead Guy because... It's an old school beer. It goes back to, we were talking, you know, we always talk about Sierra Nevada, Pella, and other. But I guess for a lot of people who, who might not be from Hawaii, like this beer was really influential in the state, bringing in, like, and Rogue in general, with kind of bringing that craft movement and new beers. And we talked about how, like, when you opened, there was no Guinness and, and there wasn't a lot of options. Um, and I saw, like, the progression. That, I mean, that was my gateway beer. My brother gave it to me because it was one of the early beers in Hawaii that wasn't, you know, light and kind of, you know, bland, right? And and it, it's, it seems like for a lot of people, they kind of say, when did you ever, did you guys ever have that on tap? Oh, and yeah, yeah. Uh, well, for years. Been, yeah, for a long time. Rogue was great. I mean, they, they were, like you said, they were one of the ones that really got the, the, the craft industry moving over here. And uh, I've been to their uh, place in Newport, Oregon. They, they got a great brewery over there. And, it's, they, and the guy that owned it, I don't know, I assume, assume he's still around. Jack? Yeah. No, he passed. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, yeah. But he was a great, really yeah. nice guy. They did, they did great. Cheers. Great Cheers. Cheers. Well, it, it helped, I think, that Jack was a resident of Hawaii for most of the year. You know, so like I think that maybe played into the beer getting into the state so, so far and wide. Um, it, it doesn't. Sometimes when people are familiar with markets, they're like, they know what's not around. They know that there's yeah. not a lot of competition. They'll be able to slide in and get a nice, you know, piece of the pie. And so, and we always benefit from that. So I'm okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> kind of go back to like your story about what I mean. I I would never pay attention to tap handles, and then my brother was giving me dead guys, and all of a sudden you'd go to places and you're like, oh, dead guy handle, dead guy handle, dead guy. Yeah. And, you, and it was yeah. uh, there was a point where dead guy was on draft everywhere yeah. in town. And it was right in front of your face the whole time. And you that, were looking at the middle light, the, the barrel. Light. <laughs> yeah. But now, once you've had it one time and it pops you down, then all of a sudden you start picking it up everywhere. You know, you're like, oh, I know that handle. I'm having that. But I, same thing with Dead Guy. I mean, it's just in the Hawaii scene, there wasn't a lot. You know, there was some Sam Adams floating around and things like that. But Dead Guy was like new and different and delicious. Yeah. <laughs> 8.2% alcohol. 8.2% yeah. 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 <laughs> There's always that. <laughs> Oh yeah. So what is, uh, you've transitioned St. Patrick's Day. It's no longer the gargantuan no, jug not juggernaut the big thing of a... it used to be, no. And, and I was afraid you were going to ask, are you going to do it again this year? I mean, I'm getting, <laughs> we're getting calls, I'm going, you know. Well, you are, right? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not to the extent as before, yeah. but I'm, quite frankly, I'm still bouncing around in my head. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it, it is a huge, huge undertaking. It's gotten so much more expensive than it was years ago, you know, with the security and everything. I mean, it's really... Well, the other thing I always I tell people when they talk about, you know, Murphy's you know, block party, I was like, yeah, you guys go for that one day and you got to get out at 10 p.m. because it's outdoor ordinance. But you guys don't see the next four days worth of work, the <laughs> cleaning the floors, the oh. power washing the sidewalks, the repainting things. I mean, it, 
that many people packed into such a small spot takes a toll on everything yeah. and your just workers. The logistics are crazy. Just think of 80 kegs. <laughs> you know, that's what, four. That's just uh, a Guinness. That's five, five <laughs> pallets That's just of Guinness. It's just but, Guinness. You know, there's a 20 foot container of ice. Yeah. You know, right, the ice, yeah. yeah. It's just, it's nuts. Four, 400 reason. empty bottles of And Guinness. that's all auto, <laughs> auto jockey boxes and every cooler needs ice. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I would go, at what was a tradition, my wife would go down and I every, I'd go down a little bit earlier than her the day after St. Patrick's Day to go in the parking lot, make sure that because we rented the lot and make sure that it was clean and everything. And when you're doing 3,000 oysters, shucking 3,000 oysters, and I'm already pre-shucked, I'm walking around with a broom and a thing, cleaning up oyster shells and other, numerous other things. I'm seeing you at 10.01, sweeping the sidewalk on Merchant Street, getting the cigarette butts off yeah. and things like that. You know, it's, and if you start that early, I just, the, the amount of cleanup is crazy. It's a lot, it's a block full of smiles and laughter, yeah. and everybody has a great time at it. So, it's whatever capacity you do St. Patrick's Day in, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> it will be. <laughs> hey, I went one year right after pandemic. I think I sat at a table with me, Dave, and a couple, two of our friends. It was just the four of us on St. Patty's Day sitting at a corner table. And it had a blast. It was reservations only. <laughs> yeah. You had like an hour and a half to like get your Guinness and corned beef on and then like get out. We got someone else is coming. Like, <laughs> we, we need that table. We got to jump. Um, so join us on YouTube or wherever you get your uh, video content on and we're going to come back on that. Thank you, Don, so much for Thank being with us. Thank you guys. Enjoy it. Yep. Aloha. Hey guys, welcome back to the extended version on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us. We're here with Don Murphy from Murphy's Bar and Grill. Going to drink some more beers and hear some more stories. Yeah, let's start cracking them open. Yeah. All right, we're going to crack open West Mala Extra. Let's, I mean, talking about stories. <laughs> Wait, there's one. There's hey! one. <laughs> That's why we're on the YouTubes. <laughs> this is the extended version, right? Yeah, we're good. We're good. We're fine. We're professionals. Feisty bugger. <laughs> Feisty bugger. Oh, yeah. That one is ready to go. Um, God, I smell delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers now. What were you saying? I don't even know. I've got to get all the beer off my hand. Um, 35 years in downtown Honolulu, Murphy's Bar and Grill Institution. I can't tell you the, how many times I've been there, but the stories that that block must tell. <laughs> if you haven't been there, it's right downtown, Chinatown's around, Aloha Tower. It's kind of right in the middle of a lot of action at some point. So give us something that one of, I mean, I'm sure you have a full bank full of memorable stories, but give us something that you would only find on that corner of Merchant and Nuuanu. Well, I'll tell you a quick one. I'll try to make it as quick as I can. We got, oh, we got time. time in the room. We got time. Let's go. <laughs> We're fine. I'd, I'd been broken into several times. This is 30 years ago, okay. and I was getting broken into at, oh, probably at least three times a year. And one, one night, I got broken into, and I figured out how the guy got in. There was this set of bars that would cover the window in the back that he pried open. So I thought, the next night, I'm going to stay down here. And I pried him open a little bit more. I had this club that somebody had sent me. It was a Samoan war club, basically. <laughs> and I decided I'd stay down there and catch, catch the guy. Now, I didn't know if there was one or two or however many. Right. But I'm staying there, and it's about two or, two or three in the morning. So by then, I'd had a few cocktails, and I'm waiting for the, And I hear the, the noise in the back, and I see the guy. 
and he comes in and he's, if you're sitting at, and you've been at the bar so you know he can kind of look through and right. he's standing up on the, on the ledge back there knocking things off thinking that I hid money behind the toilet paper or whatever. <laughs> so I go, I'm not, by then I go, that's it, I'm pissed. So I go busting through these swinging doors, run into the wall, almost knock myself out. He goes flying, he jumps up, takes out running, runs through the front doors, blows the front doors open, blows the locks out. I'm right behind him with this club. <laughs> chase him, I, I chase him about three blocks through Chinatown to get up to Hotel Street, and out of nowhere comes this guy, tackles the guy, and I run up and I kick the guy, and I didn't whack him with a stick, but I came close. And, uh, about it. and I said, we, we son of a gun, you know, what, wh who, where, who, who else is with you? Oh, I was by myself. And I said, come on, tell me, who else is with you? Who, come on, I want, to, I want both of you guys. No, I was by myself. And this little short guy, he was a former Marine who was a big farmer in Waipahu now who'd been at Club Hubba Hubba. <laughs> <laughs> and he was out for the night and he says, give me the club, I'll find out where he is. <laughs> I, said, I said, no, so I, so I put the guy's arm behind him and walk him back to my place. And I got the club and I walk him back to my place. By then the police are there, there's cops all over the place. Go inside, they take him, they, they arrest him. And the guy had on his, interesting, he had on a uh, Murphy's, uh, pub t-shirt from Florida. So if he's smart enough to think if I get caught hanging around, oh, I work here, I work you know, here. yeah? And so he said, you know, he says, I'm sorry, man, you got a real nice place. It's just, I got a bad drug habit. So, 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 so but I go inside and the cop comes up to me and he says, Murph, I see, he says, lose the club. <laughs> <laughs> but so word of this got through to the, the police and a couple of the guys were, one of them was a cartoonist. He wrote up a couple of great cartoons of the police sleeping in the car away, this guy's ramming in the window. <laughs> Murph's got his club in his hand, yeah. chasing him down. Yeah. But there's been just so many, a lot of great, fun stories, and you know, a few not so fun ones, but right. mostly good. Well, it's changed so much, too. I mean, Chinatown was, was oh, not yeah. the Chinatown it is today yeah. in 1987. Yeah, it was been quite a bit of, quite a change, yeah. Seems like it's constantly going through its yeah, cycles, it, right? It does, yeah. It, as far as you know, safety and everything, it, it, it goes through. Right now, it's pretty good. Uh, but you know, with businesses closing and moving out and open space, that's, that doesn't help any. See, I'm always kind of, um, when we talk about safety in Chinatown, I'm always kind of like aloof to it because I forget that most people aren't going to bother. I'm six foot four, yeah. like 350 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting messed with yeah. a lot. So, yeah. But then I keep forgetting about it. I'm like, oh, that's right. There are other people and so they could be more aware of it but they're not they're, they're not intelligent until they like see some a big guy they're like i'm not gonna yeah, mess yeah, with yeah. him I, oddly enough they don't ask me for a dollar yeah. that often. So, but then i get the weird one like if you walk past like across the street i walk down that row but they're always in front of a, a different bar i won't say the name but they always come at you with the they want to shake your hand and not with like after pandemic and the sanitizer I was like I don't want to shake your hand stranger <laughs> hi nice you know <laughs> but I like the, the Chinatown is great though I mean in that whole area I have so many cool memories of it and yeah. it just that's I a lot of them you know are focused around Murphy's <laughs> and then across across the street as Black Shamrock when you spiel tools but yeah. Yeah. that whole block having I want to ask about that because a lot of people think they see two bars right across from each other. They think it's direct competition, but I like to think it's it's a compliment. You oh, know, I yeah. I think anything that brings people to the area. I mean, and O'Toole's is there for a long time, and yeah. you've been there for a long time. So, touch on how like but, that dynamic works by having another Irish pub. Yeah, well now, now, now it's feet that way. Well, it's now it's the Black Shamrock, owned by JJ, and you know he's getting ready to open up 
with food, and, when, and I'm delighted, you know, just bring more people. I mean, you, we know we're going to get hit at the first, it's going to get, right. you know, a little bit. But then you just hope it just brings more people down. I've always said, put my restaurant next to the best restaurant in town. <laughs> I'll be delighted, you know. <laughs> yeah. Not everybody can get into the best one, so let's go next door, you know. <laughs> and that's why I always like that. That's why I think Kakako works so well, because there's yeah. just so many options. And it yeah. brings people to the area. Yeah. And there may not be a table here, but there's a table here. Right. Everybody wins. Yeah. That's that's a, a sign of sort of like I don't I say maturity of being aware of things because I think we always got the same thing like why why like you're surrounded by all these breweries I'm like mm-hmm it's like because they're not always gonna go to that brewery right and it's like there's a way where your compliment your your competition is also your compliment to you right, right. and it's like and it's like I, you know, they always say like the rising tide you know floats all boats and it does in a way. Um, and it's like, yeah, if, if you have more business, like you said, when, when businesses are closed and boarded up, no one wants to go down there. Yeah. yeah. So if your neighbors are boarded up and they're shitty, yeah. no one wants to go down there. But if your neighbors are like taking the care and you have owners that are like putting time and money into places and they want to bring down the right clientele, that's going to spread around the neighborhood. Yeah. And it's all about like, if your neighborhood's not great, then yeah. it's, it's hard to get people there. Yeah. There's, there's something else about you guys taking care of the neighborhood that you, oh, yeah. you guys don't talk about <laughs> very much about how much you guys give back yeah. all the uh, time. It's, it comes back though. I mean, it's, you know, we, which I decided a long time ago to get involved with the community and, and, uh, and it just, it comes back. We do a lot, I know, but it comes back. Tenfold. I mean, Murphy's Turkey Drive alone is always something. Funny, that, I got know. a call with them on Tuesday. So. <laughs> <laughs> but you, know, you, you can I'll tell you the story about falling off the turkey truck someday. <laughs> <laughs> We're all worried about you. <laughs> you do a lot of great things in the community, whether it's your immediate community or wider span. You know, um, you literacy and children's uh, cancer. Oh yeah, UH UH, UH football. Your, your pigskin uh, pig out is always a event people look forward to it and that's that's great I think that's one of the things that a lot of people love about you and you know your wife and your bar and what you've built is you're not just a bar don't just come in and eat like this yeah. it's a community in itself and you're a part of it yeah. thank so. you yeah it's what we hope to do <laughs> it feels like family. but it comes back yeah. yeah yeah it's it's good fun it's the only way to do it, as far as I'm concerned. And nobody else makes good shepherd's pie, so I mean, <laughs> I was thinking, the whole time you were just telling that story about the guy breaking in, I was like, if I ever broke in there, you can find me. I'd be standing in front of the, <laughs> standing in front of the oven waiting for my shepherd's pie to be done. <laughs> You'd be going to the fridge looking for the other pies. One big rare bit full of shepherd's pie, I'd be standing like it's a microwave. The so, I mean, window. you mentioned it, right? Your wife makes all the pies, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, Friday we, is pie day. Yeah. yeah. Friday is pie day. She makes key lime pie throughout the week. That's on the menu. And then right. Friday is pie day. And she'll make her blueberry. About 14, 14 pies. She'll go home and start baking Thursday afternoon and oh. bake through the night. And, and they are so good. I mean, yeah. they don't exist anymore. Well, that you know I mean, key like lime that, in any, itself, they, nobody makes yeah. key lime in Hawaii. I, I didn't know what key lime pie was until I was like 35 years old. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's delicious. Yeah. But. I, I always look forward to, no matter what I eat there, I'm just like, I'm going to have some pie. <laughs> well, she's incredible. She's the hardest working person Absol that works at Murphy's. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's um, rare in today's world where it's like you find a place that is more than just like a place you go and eat, right? I mean, and it's hard. It's hard. I don't, I don't know how you guys do it because like I always try to like figure out like with my timing, like how do you 
put all that in there and then it's, you know, running a business is hard enough in this state, yeah. you know, but then to extend yourself to all these other facets and... Well, to, you start by getting there at 4 a.m. every day. Which <laughs> no. I, I knew about him because a lot of guys that sit at my bar, they're all uh, investment bankers and stuff. So they're all downtown and they're like, yeah, I was getting coffee this morning in summer. No, no, <laughs> watering the, the, the flowers. Yeah, they're waiting for the market to open so they're all there super early and they're like, yeah, Murph's at work every day. So, I mean, I've, I feel like a schmuck because I'm driving, I, sometimes I'll drive by and I, he's he's already there sweeping or like watering the plants outside and I'm not even in the shop yet. It's like, oh man, I'm slacking a lot. Oh. No. Are you kidding me? Before I had kids, and what was it up before noon? <laughs> <laughs> so, going back to going back to some beer stuff, where's the best place you've traveled for beer? Mm, probably Oregon, Washington State. You know, just for varieties and everything. Yeah. And Oregon was a lot, a lot of brogue and things. But, but of course, I haven't traveled in a few years now. Yeah. So, is there is there any brewery or, or location that like on your list that you've never been to, whether wherever in the world, that you'd want to go to, just for fun? Oh boy, I don't know. I've been to Guinness. That's <laughs> always a good one. Yeah. As you should. If you saw that much yeah. Guinness and you've never been to Guinness, I'd be like, okay, we're going. I'd like to go to. I think somewhere in Europe and hit some of the European. Pilsner or Cal. Yeah. yeah. I'm just yeah. saying we should plan that trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or what we should do is just take them to Belgium and we'd like talk about this oh beer that we're God, drinking yeah. right now. We've been this. we've been drinking it; it's delicious, and yeah. we haven't even touched on it. So I'm going to let Tim tell a little bit about this West one. Both Dave and I are, are familiar with this because we it was 2019. We're in Belgium. We went to West Mala, and it's it's a Trappist brewery. It's Far larger than you'd, you'd think. You know, you think Trappist brewery, all these small things, and we're like, holy shit. This Trappist, just for everybody that doesn't know, oh. Trappist is basically a monastery, yeah. and everything has to be made on its grounds. On its you grounds. know, you can't farm it out, then yeah. have somebody else distill it. Yeah. It has to be made the same, you know, and then yeah. a bunch of monks making beer. Yeah, they're Order it's of the wonderful. Benedictine monks. Um, they, they have lay, they have lay people coming in, right. you know, brewing the stuff, but they're, it's all running and all of the profits and proceeds normally go back into the community in one way or the other. And then it funds the, the monastery, which is becoming less and less because far a few people want to become, become a monk. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, and, and, and what they do is like, they only make like a few beers. So they're not like the American craft breweries where we're talking about in other shows where like, you know, they make 5,000 beers, right? And what's all makes three, like a triple, a double and extra. And up until, I don't know, this year, the, that, this beer you could only get if you were a guest at the brewery. Um, because this is the beer, it's a lower alcohol, it's like 4.2 or 4.8%. And um, it's the beer that normally like the monks would brew that they could eat at meals and stuff, right? right? Cause, yeah, because they didn't want like super high alcohol beers. Um, and you would have to actually go there. And it was, uh, we got some when we went there as like sort of a parting gift. And I smuggled it all back and gave it to my staff, and they all stoked. I'm like, yeah, I brought nine bottles back. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was amazing. Yeah, oh, it was, fa- it it was, was like just, gold. You're like, yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah. How did I get these? And this goes back to what we were talking about earlier about how getting beer is crazy because you're the only person that has this. <laughs> yeah. right? You know, you, you to work for it. Yeah, and it's like, and then you know, it's like I found out, you know, like, oh, it's they're bringing it. They're gonna actually export it now, and it's like, okay, we we need to get this in, you know. 
and it's just something cool. You know, something different. Like we talk about like how hard it is to get things in. I mean, even like Pears and Arcal, like we were talking about, it's on draft now. Yeah. It's been in bottles. You'd be able to get, but that took a year of emails wow. between myself and and one of the reps for the company, like to get that beer on draft into the state, like a year, Jeez. you know? Yeah. And then like, you know, when you talk about Guinness, I was like, oh, I, I, I you know? <laughs> Something so readily available. Yeah, like you, you had to go and blaze that trail. Like this is a beer that's been brewed for almost 200 years, yeah. you know, 170 years. And it's like, but it takes some work, you know, to get good things in here. You know? Hey, it's all worth it though. I mean, oh, you, look at, you did all that work, you did all that work. Yeah. And we got great beers to enjoy from it. Absolutely. So, so. This was exciting. Thanks for bringing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Glad we got to share it again. Yeah, right. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us on The Art of Beer. Don, pleasure having you. Your stories have been amazing. Guys, love it. Cheers. See you guys next time.